45. Booby, that's my nephew out there. The boy can play some football, I'm telling you. I think I win the Heisman Trophy someday. The Heisman, really? Oh, yes, sir. You can bet on it. Okay, who's your guy's favorite player? He can spin right. Don't make no difference. He can block, tackle, score the touchdown, snap the ball, hold the ball, kick the extra point. Hell, the boy will fill up the Gatorade cooler, walk the dog, and paint your back court. I'm telling you, that boy can bat out play football. And he can pass. Yes, he can pass. I'm Sean Styers. He's Bobby Hensley, and uh, we're two guys talking sports movies. And this week, the movie is Friday Night Lights. That's, Are you fired up for this one? Yeah, this is a good movie. You know, there's a lot of practice scenes again, though. So there's a lot of football. A lot in of this. football. I mean, it starts off with football. That's one of the first scenes in the not the first scene, but one of the first scenes in the movie. Of course, Friday Night Lights. It is based on the H.G. Bissinger book in which he chronicled the entire 1988 season of a high school football team in Odessa, Texas. Permian, Mojo. Yeah, the guy that wrote the book and the guy that directed the movie are actually cousins, so it makes sense that the book was made by this guy. I did not know that Mm -hmm. until just recently, actually. I saw that at good old IMDB, our our buddy IMDB, the movie database. I'm always happy that you read those little notes. I try. I've been doing more of that since we started this, since you you, you came right out in, in our first couple podcasts, and you were like Mr. Nugget when it came to <laughs> So do you read those notes trivia. before the movie or, or after you watch it? Usually after. I think I watch the movie first, and I take all my notes, and then I sit down, and I, and I start kind of putting my thoughts together, and then I'll go back to IMDb and go, oh, this and that. This will not shock you at all. I am the exact opposite. Of course. I do all the stuff Why before. Why not? Because then when I'm watching the movie, I'm like, well, that's a cool little tidbit, and I can look for it instead of... Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't even remember that part sometimes after if I were to watch it. Yeah. So again, this is... But, it, it's it's based on the book by H.G. Bissinger that was written in... Well, he he followed the team in 1988, and then it came out a year or two later after he 90, got yeah. it all... Yeah, it got it all together, and uh, I'm it's it really... It it speaks to the socioeconomic disparity in the town. There was racism that was touched on in the movie. Really, the biggest time I think you see that. I guess there was a lot of it in the book. Have you read the book, first of all? I have not read the book. I but have not either. Part of the selling point from the book to be able to be made as a movie in that town, because they shot it in Texas. Mm-hmm. It's not on a stage or anything. And they used a lot of the Permian facilities. Right. And the only reason, oh, the only way they could uh, approve that is if they took out most of the racial undertones. Out. Yeah. And the only real, there was, there was an N-word used one time by like a booster's wife or something like that at a dinner party that the coach was having. And then obviously before the state championship. When they talk about the two different areas, and he doesn't want his fans going down there. Yeah, that's true. You're, you're talking about when, they're, when they do the meeting before the state championship yeah. game and all that. Yeah, I mean, it was it was touched on, but apparently there was a lot of stuff that actually took place in the in the high school and 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 that whole thing with the students that was really hit hit upon pretty hard in the book that they did not hit at all, as you said, because Permian would not give their permission to use. The name, their facilities, any of that stuff if they included it. Still turned out to be a great movie. It did. It was a really good movie. Did, this did, this go is the, one of the two movies that was on both of our lists, correct? It was. 
My number one football movie of all time, and I believe it was your number seven, if I remember right. Sounds about right. So it's got Billy Bob Thornton, Lucas Black. Billy Bob plays Coach Gaines, Coach Gary Gaines, the head coach of Odessa Permian. Lucas Black is QB1 Mike Winchell. And I was surprised they don't use the term QB1 in Friday Night Lights, the movie, but that's a thing in Friday Night Lights, the TV series. That's the first time I remember hearing is, I guess, in the TV series. But I thought it came from the movie. Well, I'm trying to think, even on the TV series, do they call the TV series, the guy's name was Jason Street. Mm -hmm. Do they call him QB1 or they just call the other kid, Matt Saracen, QB1 when he takes over to maybe prop him up? That's a good question. That I'm not very sure Like this one, there was no controversy. Obviously, he's a starter. Yeah. This is a reunion for Billy Bob Thornton and Lucas Black. This was filmed in 2008, 1996. They did Sling Blade. Uh-huh. How about them French fried taters? This this came out in 2004. You keep getting the What did I years. say? Did I say 2008? Yeah. Sorry, 2004. <sighs> Losing your credibility. I've got it written down right here. Well, you, bringing you aboard lost my credibility. Yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, I'll see you later. <laughs> see you next week. So they did Sling Blade in 96. They do this in 2004. Who looked the most different? Billy Bob, who was probably, what, 50 pounds heavier in Sling Blade? Or Lucas Black, who, of course, was still just a young pup I say he's older in Sling now. Blade. Yeah. yeah. Did you like the casting of Billy Bob in this movie? I did. I wasn't sure what I would think going in. I do remember that. Uh, but I thought that's true with any Billy Bob movie. Yeah, I by mean, the way, <laughs> he's from Arkansas. So if you're going to nitpick, you would probably say, well, he's got an Arkansas accent. He doesn't have a Texas accent, which I mean, to us, we can't discern that. But I, I thought he was pretty believable in this role. What did you think? I enjoyed him. It's tough for me. Like I've watched this movie before the TV show, obviously, mm-hmm. but I probably haven't watched it since 2004. So to me, to look back and be like, wow, Eric Chandler was a pretty good coach in the TV series. That would have been a good cast as well. Yeah. Billy Bob in this movie, to me, just kind of, he never, like, was rough enough or, like, angry enough for everything that I felt uh, there, like was going on. There were a couple times, because that that would, would be maybe one of the things, and we do the category, things that you maybe didn't remember, because what I remember him for, and we'll get to it, is the halftime speech in the middle of the state championship game where he's pretty calm. But there were some times where he was... Less than like he got on Mike Winchell, the quarterback, a couple of times. Are you an idiot? And just kind of the stuff that he was saying to him that I had forgotten about that that he really led into that kid quite a bit. I guess one of my first scenes that I see Billy Bob ends when he's letting the dad just berate his son during the middle of a practice yeah, and he and didn't now, do anything. The characters, of course, we should we should hit the characters real quick because okay. they're they're the main characters are introduced pretty early on in the movie. We get kind of a glimpse of all Booby Miles played by Derek Luke, and I know you've got a gripe with that, but um, he's he's kind of the star. Why do I have a gripe with that? He's the star running back in the whole thing. We'll get we'll get to that in a minute. Mike Winchell, and then Don Billingsley is the fullback, and then you also have Chavez, Eric or Brian Chavez. Those are the four main characters, um, and so we kind of get a peek into their backgrounds, everything they're all about. The quarterback Winchell taking care of his mom by himself, even though I guess he's got a brother someplace that he talks to on the phone someplace. He's like, you know, it'd be nice or if you could come back. been his dad? I guess it could have been. I wasn't really, it wasn't right. really clear. It you didn't see matter. him talking there was on another the phone. There figure. was somebody, yeah, yeah. It's like, could you come back and, and help and, and that kind of thing. Derek Luke, the Booby Miles character, is being cared for by his uncle. We don't really find out, don't really know what's going, what happened to the parents, but he's being taken care of by him. And then... 
Billingsley, also a single dad who's dating a girl who looks like she could be a high school classmate <laughs> of Billingsley. That whole thing's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, so so we, we get that, and you get the, 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 the Billingsley relationship. There was some volatility in real life with the dad, but the scene that you just referred to where the dad, it's the very first practice, and you've got all this media around. You've got all these people in the stands watching practice. And so Don Billingsley, the fullback, fumbles the ball, and his dad was this big legacy at Permian. And and they portray him in the movie that he played for a state championship team, even though I guess he didn't really in real life. But he comes down on the field, and he's throwing his son around. You know, why why can't you hold on to the ball and all that? And the real coach gains is is on record as saying, I never would have let. And that's one of the things where you sit there and watch when you know, again, it's based on a – True story. We've taught, we've hit this in a lot of our different podcasts. The based on a true story stuff. They're always going to take some liberties. There was a bad relationship there, a tough relationship between father and son. But apparently, that particular thing never actually happened. And again, they ripped that off for the TV show too. Um, besides that, though, I guess Billy Bob did a pretty good job of being a believable coach. Yeah. I just remember that scene, and there was another scene where he was just standing there, and I was like, are you going to say something? <laughs> right. I remember exactly which well, one it was. But that, I mean, that's one of the ones that we're talking about, where the dad yeah. comes out, and he's tossing his son around on the practice field, and coach is just standing there. It's like, you're not going to say anything to no, this dad no. who's, you know. Or any of the offensive coach, anybody. Yeah, because a, a player actually yeah, comes another over high school and separates kid. him. Yeah, he's like, he's like, Mr. Billingsley, it's the first day of practice, you know. And yeah, and you've got a high school kid stepping in between them. But I mean, we get a feeling right away about what football means to this community. And, I, and I, it's probably become a stereotype for football in Texas, even though I've been to that particular part of the state, 25, a good friend of mine covered high school football there. And it is amazing to see some of these high school stadiums that look like they could be at the very least a small college stadium. And even the setup in the press box and the whole thing, it is a different world when it comes to high school football down there. I was, I did notice that too, the stadium that they actually show a couple like flyovers and stuff. That's their real high school stadium. Right. And that looks like it could be easily division two football stadium yeah, yeah and i mean the facilities turf. are incredible and this was shot in 2002 2003 right so even back then it's like wow that's a lot different than what i'm used to seeing up here yeah but i mean it's a desolate town it, we, we start off with kind of the the little bouncing the montage as we like to say yeah. it was get, getting to meet all these different characters but we get sports talk radio talking about the expectations of the season we see how desolate the places we see the signs around town, the way they're talking about football, the media scrutiny on the first day of practice, all the people in the stands watching practice, the overbearing dad, the overbearing boosters, the whole thing. You got they they allude to different stuff all the time because it's like all these adults all have some sort of roots and stake in this program. The sheriff with the championship ring. The guy at the burger stand yeah. with the championship it, ring. It almost feels like everybody in the town has a ring, <laughs> yeah, which I know, I know that's for the Hollywood <laughs> effect. But show me one person that works in that town that doesn't have a ring. No wonder they're upset with this team. That's right. They're the <laughs> only one that doesn't have a win. That's right. But then you get the uh, you know the, the, the stereotypical, the signs in the yard when yeah. the coach comes home after a loss. That happened in All the Right Moves, the Tom Cruise movie we talked about in the, in the top ten. Football movie 
podcast, the boosters in the parking lot making the comment to the coach before the state champion. You know, it's like you've made it to the state championship game, and they're they're making some crazy that, comments there. That scene right before the first game where uh, the booster comes and he's like, "Hey, you got a second? And the coach says, "Sure, why?" Because there are some people I want you to make, and he brings in a bunch of boosters, and they all tell him about how their defense should be different and yeah. to run the cover too, and blah blah blah. That's just how it is down there. Yep, exactly. And the the thing we talked about in the Top 10 Football Movie Podcast, why I love this so much, I, I remember before it came out, any movie kind of along these lines, it's like I'll see the previews and, I'm, man, I wonder if it's actually going to be good. And what I what I love so much about this movie and all Peter Berg movies, you know, like again, like we talked about, is there's so much realism. Like you can you can feel the realism. You could be one of those characters. You could be sitting there. It's 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 real life. It's not over dramatized BS like you get. It's it's not the varsity blues line. I don't want your life. You know, <laughs> you didn't get those kind of cheesy over, you know, stereotypical kind of things. You don't get any of that kind of stuff in this there movie. There were times during this movie that I felt like I was almost watching a documentary. Like yeah. that's how good it was. I, or I thought how the same thing. Polished it was. Yep. And that's again a lot of the really the only real actor Billy Bob is really the only actor we really probably knew about going into this. Derek Luke, thirty years old, so he had been around, but he wasn't a star by any means. The Booby Miles right. actor, and I and I know you again. I know you've got a problem with the fact that he it was a thirty year old playing an eighteen year old. So you read my you read my cheat sheet. I did here. see I did see part of that, but you had a lot of really. Kind of rough, more inexperienced actors, actors, which which is true to the TV series as well. That kind of adds to that reality. Because even Lucas Black, like I didn't remember watching this that he was in Sling Blade right. with Billy Bob. He just was like, "Who's this guy?" And, and you know, he's done some stuff, but like Billingsley, the the the, the actor there, he hasn't done much. Chavez hasn't like, done much. I didn't realize Lucas Black was the guy that's in Fast and Furious movies now, and he played in. I had no clue. And he played in the movie Forty Two. He played Pee Wee Reese. Oh, that's right. He did. I did remember that. So, which is kind of weird because I didn't remember it. To but this. when I saw right. that on his bio, I went, "Oh yeah, that's right. He was Pee Wee Reese." Yeah, and then um, Jay Hernandez was in the Rookie. He was one of the main people in that. Really, before this, but but yeah, the rest of them. Jay Hernandez plays the Chavez character, right. I assume. Okay. And then uh, Tim McGraw hadn't done much. Yeah, and again, I mean, you've got and he hasn't done much since, which is weird because I thought, I mean that. That Unless that's a role for him that he can fit. Yeah, I know. I mean, but you could country be, guy. Maybe he didn't want to be stereotyped like. But I thought he was great in that character. There was a lot of realism to it, which is funny because he had a complicated relationship with his dad in real life. Really, Tug McGraw, the pitcher. Oh yeah, that's right. That's they didn't right. get along. But yeah, yeah. They they had kind of been separated for yeah. a long time, and then I think when Tug had cancer. That was kind of where it came back, and I had forgotten about that, actually. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. One, interesting, one interesting, not that this really matters, but you remember the recruiting scene in Winchell's living room where there's it's Kansas Wesleyan yeah. is the school. If you're offering, we'll sign right now. Yeah, exactly. That Kansas Wesleyan is a real school, and it's in the town that I'm from, Salina, Kansas. Oh, wow. It's an NAIA school, and... I've kind of not that it matters that much, but I did wonder if there was some visit from Kansas Wesleyan that happened in this because they did, even though it's in Salina, Kansas, which is hours away from Odessa, Texas, and they ask about the drive and all that, but they they did recruit uh, Texas pretty hard. This well, this is like right around the time where I was I had actually 
left Salina by that time, but uh, right after that time, they they recruited Texas. Doesn't everybody? Hard. Doesn't I mean, everything on every level recruit Texas pretty hard? I think you've got to. But yeah, yeah I mean, so but I. I I found that interesting. They are an actual NAIA. I, I would say probably half the roster back then was Texas kids. But how big is that town? Uh, 60,000-ish, something like that. A little bit bigger now than it was back then. But So you're going to recruit out of the area a lot. Oh, yeah. And I don't know, like to, uh, the University of Texas, what's, they have like, I guess Oklahoma, if you throw them in, 90% of their roster is Texas and Oklahoma kids. Yeah. So that's fair for that area, right? Right. Now, we mentioned the TV show Friday Night Lights, which I think probably, if I had to guess, more people have probably watched the TV show than the movie. Do you think that's fair? Yeah. It was weird watching this again, going back, because I see so many aspects of the TV show in the movie that they would spread out over three seasons or whatever. Right. But little nuggets here or there that were similar. Connie Britton. Including. Yeah. <laughs> Connie Britton, the wife, she played the wife. In both. She obviously got to blossom a little bit more in the TV series because she really didn't get to Her do Her character a had lot. nothing in this, yeah. yeah. Didn't really get. And then Brad Leland is the guy, he played the, the main booster in plays, both, in yeah. both uh, the, the TV show and the movie. So that was interesting. So it was cool to see Connie Britton again for me because I saw her in Spin City. And I oh, that's she, right. She didn't do a whole lot in between. She this did. was her reemergence. Then obviously Friday Night Lights, and then Nashville. And she and, did that Nashville series, yeah, right after Friday Night Lights. Yeah, so she had a good run, but really haven't seen a whole lot of her since that Nashville ended. I guess have you? Yeah. All right, now this is a movie to me that is tough because we always do favorite lines and favorite scenes. And I've got a lot of stuff on favorite scenes, but lines is a little bit tougher because this isn't really a line. Movie and I think last time we kind of compensated for that by saying, oh, maybe favorite moments or yeah. whatever." But do you have any favorite lines from the, Friday Night Lights? The one line I don't know why this made me physically laugh out loud is when they said, "When you go on lose, you go play basketball." <laughs> when they're doing the intro for the playoffs, I don't even showing, remember that. They're showing the bracket and they're yeah. like, you know, this is the Texas State playoffs. You win, you go on, you lose, you play basketball. Yep. Uh, the booby booby miles with the reporters. At the beginning, I don't know why, but it, hey, there's only one subject. It's football. Yeah. No other subject. And it, it kind of, again, typifies the, the whole attitude of football in Texas, I think. Well, at least he was talking. A few of the other guys, what a terrible media day. Maybe that's our world. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, there's no sound bites from that. That's true. And that's accurate to life sometimes. That is very true. Any others for you? That was the only line I wrote down. Coach Gaines, we will win state. Can you be perfect? And I mean... You talk about putting some expectations on some high school kids right off the bat, very first practice. It's one thing to have the expectation that you're going to do it, but the the you will be perfect. I mean that 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 to me, even more so than we will win state. Can you be perfect? I mean that's asking a lot of a, of sixteen to eighteen year olds. Is it the Friday Night Lights TV show where they reference that? Then they say you drop the ball, you run a mile. You do this, you run a mile. Because they're trying to be perfect. Yeah. But the you don't talk about lines. that They toned it down to some extent. The I line think. that I didn't like was, I think it's so much better than the TV show, just clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Yeah. And now that, I think, came from, and we'll get to that in the favorite scenes, I think oh, that right. came from the, the, the speech yeah. in the locker room. They tweaked it sure. a little bit to turn it into that. Uh, when they were shooting the shotguns, there was the three <laughs> of them out there kind of shooting skeet or whatever. 
And I, I think it was Chavez says, do, you know, do you feel 17? And Mike says, I don't feel 17. Again, because of like not just the pressures that they have on them from a whole community for what they're going to do on a football field, but what they are when they go home and, and who they have to be and the things that they have to deal with. And, I, and again, I think that's such a great part of this because no matter what sport – it is. And I mean, Ben Zobrist is a good example of this with the Chicago Cubs. He's on his way back. But I mean, he was away for a couple of months because of the personal the, the whole divorce. Yeah, the, the, everything that he went through. And it doesn't matter if it's high school, college, pros, all these athletes who are out there essentially for our entertainment and our own livelihood because we work in the media. They all go home and they all have other things they're dealing with besides what's going on when they're out there on the field. And it's not all rainbows and sunshine. No, exactly. Exactly. There's a story about, I don't remember which player it was, right before a baseball playoff game, he got like, arrested and got put in jail and got bailed out at like 7 in the morning. Right. And the game was at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. He went 0 for 4 or something. Then it comes out like a year or two later that that happened. It's like, well, of course he's not going to play well. Yeah. I mean, that one's his own fault, but yep. you never know who's dealing with what and where they are. Yep. The only other line that I have is Coach Gaines talking to Mike, our only curses are self-imposed. We dig our own holes. I thought that was pretty deep. And then he takes him to the coin flip. Yeah. That was good stuff. All right. Do you want to get to favorite scenes? I'm sure you, I knew you'd have a bunch of them, so I only wrote down a few. Okay. Well, go ahead. Um, well, my first one is the the drive right before they get their second loss of the year. They're going down the field. The music's getting loud. They're getting closer and closer, and then he overthrows them in the end zone. That whole drive, they're you don't remember this scene. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was I just at, had to yeah at the very end, and it looks they like had he's wide open in the end zone, and he yeah. overthrows him. Just overthrows him. And the I didn't even realize how loud the music had got and how intense it was. And then when he missed the pass and the music started to trail off again, I was like, geez, I didn't realize it. I'd been like holding my breath myself. Yeah, like I was watching a real game almost. Well, and that's that's again we touched on this in the top ten podcast, but not only the actors and their reality. But the football is done so well. To me, the the football live action in this movie is better than any movie I've ever seen. And I, I think in general, a lot of the sports stuff has gotten better uh, over the last 15 or 20 years or so. And, and I can't remember the guy's name, but there's actually some specific consultant that they use who consults on almost every sports movie, regardless of sports. But, I mean, they they do such a great job of, making it true of, to life. Yeah, of making it look real. I mean, you, you would think you were watching real action. Yeah, it? some of those tackles and those hits. I was like, I don't care if they're fake or <laughs> if know. they're staged. The only one that doesn't look realistic to me is in the state championship game where the guy, he does one of those kind of like Over a the Superman top leak. <laughs> yeah, and he hits the guy in the head. And yeah, that that's like the only shot that it's like, eh, you probably could have done without that one. Well, yeah, well, I don't know. There's some other tackles that were horse collar tackles, I noticed. Yeah. But well, back then they weren't illegal. But I don't say, but back then it was different. Yeah. All right. So my favorite scene list starts with the two from that from the halftime of the state championship game. One and, with the guy yelling that hasn't talked the whole movie. Right. You've got Ivory Christian, the who is really the what what would you call it? the the fifth main character in it. But literally, does he have any lines before that? He walks into the locker room when Booby's um, packing up his locker, and he says, "Sup." Yeah, that's right. But that's it. So he's this guy. He's been quiet, quietly intense. Really, you don't know kind of what he thinks about anything. Like when they're at the burger stand, 
when uh, there's yeah. a party going on and they're sitting there and Mike says, so you want to go to that party? And he just kind of gives him, he just kind of looks at him. And yeah. that's that's his whole, and, and then when they're at or the party. Or even at the party and that girl yeah, comes over. The and, Melissa girl, she yeah. comes up and asks him if he's gay and he just looks at her. He never, he says, never says anything. So you really don't know what's going on with this guy. But then they cut back and forth mm-hmm. between him because now... It's on the line. It's real. They're getting their butts kicked in the state championship game by Dallas Carter, and he just lights into everybody after he has said nothing the whole movie. He lights into everybody in the locker room, and then they intersperse that with instructions from coaches on both sides. And, I, and again, I thought there was a lot of good realism there with, with a lot of the stuff they were doing. I agree with you 100%. Why I didn't like that scene is that after that, they get it all mellow again and quiet. It's like, wouldn't you want him to yell and scream like that, get him all riled up, and then go out the door? Yeah. But instead, what do they do? It's like half that scene. It does get quiet. And that's that's the next favorite one is the <laughs> Coach Gaines scene where he goes into his whole thing. You want to hear it? Sure. All right. Well, it's real simple. You got two more quarters, and that's it. Now, most of you have been playing this game for 10 years. And you got two more quarters, and after that, most of you will never play this game again as long as you live. Now, you all have known me for a while, and for a long time now, you've been hearing me talk about being perfect. Well, I want you to understand something. To me, being perfect is not about that scoreboard out there, it's not about winning, it's about you and your relationship to yourself and your family and your friends. Being perfect is about being able to look your friends in the eye and know that you didn't let them down because you told them the truth. And that truth is is that you did everything that you could. There wasn't one more thing that you could have done. Can you live in that moment? as best you can with clear eyes and love in your heart. With joy in your heart. If you can do that, gentlemen, then you're perfect. I want you to take a moment and I want you to look each other in the eyes. I want you to put each other in your hearts forever because forever is about to happen here in just a few minutes. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to think about Booby Miles who is your brother and he would die to be out there on that field with you tonight. And I want you to put that in your hearts. Boys, my heart is full. My heart's full. Well, maybe they couldn't say can't lose after that because they did lose. Clear eyes and love in your hearts. And, of course, that turns into... But does that make you want to run through a wall? I I think it it boils everything. It's not just about the football. I I get what you're saying. It's not like they told... 
it's not like they told every Christian, okay, now go light everybody up, and then after you do, we're going to calm things down and coach is going to talk to you. You know, that's the last thing that they heard. And I think he made it more personal for him. And I, and I mean, to me, it kind of goes back to the to the Moonlight Graham in Field of Dreams, the whole you don't realize the most significant moments in your life when they're happening. But he boiled it all down for him. Put each other in your hearts forever because forever's about to gonna happen about to happen right now. And I think most kids don't realize that is something you're gonna remember for the rest of your life, win or lose. It's gonna stay with you forever, especially when you live in Odessa, Texas, with all of the expectations that are that surround football in that town. See, I understand that. I almost think he's softening the blow and accepting the loss already. He might have been because, I mean, the way that they I got— I don't know what the real speech was, yeah, obviously. But, the way they got tossed around out there well, sure. in the first half. But that's what it kind of seemed like to me. He was almost just giving the, the loss away and saying to just try hard and do your best because this will be what you remember is how you fought, not necessarily expecting them to come back and be in a position where they almost win. Yeah. I I get it. It's just I need something more. I know. Maybe I know, Bob. I, you know, I've listened to every podcast we've done, and you like to be Bobby Downer. <laughs> no, Bobby Bobby Bo Downer about everything. No, I said the Ivory Ivory uh, Ivory Christensen thing that got me going. I was ready to run through a wall. Then I want to okay. go out there and win the game. But then you get the coach saying, "Like, well, you know, you'll probably remember this." I, I yeah. Okay, so you're not buying the, the soft sell. Plus, the, the soft sell, you talk about, yeah, most of them and their careers there. There's a lot of guys over at Notre Dame who would tell you that they function well defensively because Clark Lee is not a fire and brimstone kind of guy because he's he's calm, they stay calm, but he imparts wisdom on them. I felt like Coach Gaines, maybe if if his delivery was more like this, then, then maybe... See, the things would have gone a little bit differently. I think we're saying two different things here. Because what I'm saying is they just sort of switched the speech order. Coach speaks, and then the player riles him up and gets him to go out the door. Yeah, but again, they interspersed it right with with the because that's teams. what that's what happens when you first get back from the locker room is is you you know you get your water if you got to go to the bathroom you go to the bathroom and then everyone's gathered around with their defensive their coach groups. whatever and they're saying here's what we've got to do we've got to do this and it's it it can be kind of chaotic because you only have so much time. And it things had boiled over to a point for Ivory where he, he said, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm 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 done with that talking. Here's my talking. This is what we need to do. What in the hell happened on that screen? Right. You understand that? Forty yards? Hell no. You guys are not doing any pass blocking. You're just stepping aside and letting them walk in. Pop, 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 pop. That's what I want. All of you around that ball. To go for two and get it every single time, that is ridiculous. Do you realize they have not even kicked Relax. the field goal yet? We're not trying to coach y'all now. Coach didn't give y'all all these adjustments, okay? If you do everything the coach told you to do. Two-point conversions. I want those gone. Here's what we're going to do right here. We're going to use our speed. We're going to run Texas Power for four What's wrong with y'all? Y'all play like some little girls. Y'all like y'all never played football before. These guys are nothing. You hear me? They please us like we do. Yes, they sweat us like we do. Do you hear me? They went through two days. We went through two days in 110 degree heat. Yes, sir. I want you to hit everything to move. If the ref gets in your way, you hit him. Okay, then. Let's play. But that team us too. That gives us two. This is our team. This is us. Let's go right now. Let's get it off now. Let's go. Do you have any other favorite scenes? I <laughs> that one got a little heated, huh? <laughs> Yeah, the coin flip scene I really enjoyed. I thought that was good. I 
don't know if that's really how they do things, but it's kind of interesting that, well, if there's two of them on heads, the third one's out. That's a cool way to do it. Yeah. But the way they couldn't tell the coin was heads or tails was kind of funny. It's funny because – Or use a double-sided one. Yeah. The, a three-way tie like that, I worked in Colorado before I moved to, to Indiana and did high school football out there. And they did – in cases of three-way ties, this is the craziest thing I had ever heard. And I don't know if if they do it in other states or if they just do coin tosses like that. But they did something called a California playoff. What they would do, so you've got three teams. Two teams would play for a half. The team leading at the end of that half got like a 30-minute break, and then they would play a second half against the team that didn't have to play, the the third team, essentially. And then the winner of that half moved on to the playoffs. Two questions there. So one, how do you determine who gets the first half by? There's probably some kind of coin toss. So, <laughs> But you're still proving it on the field. I get that. Any other favorite scenes, Bobby Hensley? There's a bunch. You know, I like the scene where he's in the where he's finding out the news about his knee, and then he thinks the doctor's just against him because he went to the rival high school. Right. I think that was pretty cool. Uh, I thought you, it was. You think that's real? That a running back is just going to start throwing blows with the doctor? Sean, you're being a little too literal here. <laughs> and yeah, you know, that, I'm just throwing in that it back com- at you in that community. It probably was real. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed. Uh, they were showing the clips of uh, the Dallas team trying to prepare for him, and like mm-hmm. one of the guys that they were showing in that it was a real high school game, but it was Aqib Talib. Oh, really? Yeah, he was like in the video for playing high school back then, so that was kind of cool. Didn't realize that he went to Kansas, ended up playing with the Denver Broncos, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, among the teams. Won a Super Bowl, the Rams. Yeah, yeah. I like uh, Roy Williams, the receiver that went to Texas. Mm-hmm. He has a cameo in this movie. Yeah. I'm a big Texas fan, so I enjoyed seeing that. The you know the the scene. Where actually, I'll, I'll save that because that's one of the things that that kind of gripes me. I, I liked. Now, I won't say I liked, but the scenes, all, all the 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 Billingsley scenes between the dad and the son. I mean, they were they were good scenes. They were well done, and I, and I it it obviously points to how seriously and, and over the top some people can be. But I, I just felt like they were really. Well done scenes. You know, the first one where you've, where you've got the kid comes in with the girlfriend and, and dad's sitting there and he ends up duct taping the foot, you know, because he's drunk, of course, and he duct tapes the football to his hands. I'm not saying that I, I'm behind any of the, the things <laughs> yeah, that, right. that, that Mr. Billingsley was doing, but I just felt like they were really good scenes because, again, you, you see that uh, here's, a, here's a high school kid. All he's trying to do is go out and play football, and he's got this overbearing, drunk dad with all these stupid, overblown expectations, and he's taking it out on his kid. Well, that they have their own story arc in the whole movie. They could just have one on them. Yeah. Just concentrate on hanging on the ball. Both hands, okay? Hey. Both hands, that's Donnie. all. Hey, come here. Come here. What's the problem? Get off the field, Dad. Why can't you hold on to the football? It's so goddamn hard about holding on to it. I'm sorry. All you got to do is hold on to the goddamn football, and you can't do it. Tell me why you can't do it. Just tell me. That's all I want to know. I'll, I'll try better next time. Come on. Hey. Don't you walk away from me. Don't you walk away from me when I'm talking to you. You hear me? Tell me why you can't hold on to the ball. Come on. Mr. Billy, tell me. Me. answer a question. First day of practice, Mr. Billy. Hold on. Seriously. Good God. Not Charlie. Okay. Embarrassing me out here. Okay. Jesus Christ. It's all right, John. That's all right. Don't worry about it. Here we go. 
the what their interactions, and then I know it's a symbol, but the ring itself when he throws it out the window yeah. after the he sun, kicks, the, kicks the window out in the right. back seat of the car, and the, the sun's driving, and the sun tries to go find it for him. Yeah. Which he did find it. Yeah. And then the next day, I don't want this to sound like it's an apology. Well, why not? It's like, yeah. <laughs> you did all this, and it, it, right. it's, I'm not, you're not even going to, I don't want this to sound like an apology. Okay. And then he's drinking chocolate milk straight out of the jug with his shirt off and in the living room. And But then at the end the of the movie, thing. they embrace on the field, and yeah. that's and, after his yeah, son exactly. got him to the one-yard line and had his shoulder dislocated and 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 again a lot of this was over dramatized for the movie i i do want to go back and read the book now after seeing this a few times but uh, apparently in real life father and son made up to whatever extent and and i mean i I just think it's kind of it's a sad stark reminder because you hear him say it it's like you got one year to make memories and you got the guy at the burger stand say you know get do it now because then it's nothing but Babies and memories, you know. It's just but, a reminder that for a lot of for a lot of these people, the best thing that's ever going to happen to them in their life comes when they're sixteen to eighteen. And years that's old. exactly what the coach said at halftime that they have two more quarters of the same thing. But he didn't say that. He didn't say this is the best thing that's ever going to happen to you. He basically, again, was saying you're going to remember this for the rest of your life, win or lose. All right. He didn't say this is the best thing that's going to happen to you. No, but you said that some of the best moments of your life you don't realize are happening while you're in them, which was implied from the speech. Some, is- <laughs> some, not the best, not the best, some of the best. Hey, I know people that played high school football. Some be, of them it was the best. If you want to be literal, at least remember you know, what was said. Come on, man. Oh, hey, you know, I drift in and out when you talk. I don't really follow it. <laughs> Do you have any other favorite scenes? <laughs> no, just the halftime speech. I thought that was pretty good. Okay. And then, but but again, going back to that halftime thing, it's like when you're playing sports, these guys are together with each other for four to five months, and now it's probably even more with all the off-season training and all that. You're in high school; one season rolls into the next. There's always tomorrow, but then all of a sudden, if you're a senior, that last game comes, and that's it. And you're never with those. You might be with one or two of those guys, but you're never. And it's like that. And in college, the pros, every level, you're never with that same group of guys again after that last game of a season. And I thought that the movie did a really cool job of showing that at the end, the way the coach is taking the names off the board. And you yeah. see the four of them in the parking lot him, saying bye. And rolls doing right the, into next year. And that was a good scene, I thought, too. The, yeah, I did, The last too. scene where, they're, where the four guys are walking out and they're kind of saying their goodbyes and I'll miss the lights, I'll miss the heat and all that see, kind of stuff. The movie was two hours, I think. It was an easy watch. I enjoyed it. I'm not saying that at all. I almost think it could have been longer. I felt like they had more in there that they didn't even – like the dad stuff could have been more with Tim McGraw. Um, Although we might have been a little bit more uncomfortable had they gone more overboard with that dad stuff. But then uh, like the kid going to Harvard and getting a law degree. And, and that's the, the biggest – because they did – I did like how – because, again, it was based on a true story, how they put kind of the postscripts and told you about these different guys. Ivory was the only one to – play Division One football. Booby Miles, they, they make it seem in the movie like that is the end of Booby's career. He actually did play at a junior college, but obviously never went to the level that he thought he was going to go to. But they didn't really develop the Chavez character, no. which surprised me because he was one of the four or five, if you if you include Christian, he was one of the four or five most central characters in the movie. Yeah, and then going to Harvard's pretty good. He eventually, yeah. Then he came back to Texas. Right. Got into a little bit of trouble, but that's fine. Anything new that you noticed that you didn't remember? 
before. <laughs> I didn't remember how much of the season Booby missed in the movie. I felt like he went further through it. Oh, really? And okay. at the end, and I forgot that they had lost along the way. I for- thought they because I remembered the perfect speech. Yeah. So I thought that they had been perfect up to that point, but they weren't. Uh, there's, um, there's a scene where it's just the coach and Mike Winchell talking at Mike's house, and his mom's lying down in the other room. The coach is basically kind of laying it all the lo- on the line for Mike. He's like, "You got to if you want to get out of here, you got to put yourself first, you know." And that that whole thing. I thought that was a good scene between those two guys as well. And, and again, like when you kind of think about it, there there might have been some sort of fatherly, right, especially with a quarterback. Because yeah, well yeah, and, but just the fact that they had done sling blade together and all oh. that kind of stuff. And but, I like the way that in that scene where he got up and started to walk away, but then came mm-hmm. back and sat down. And he said, you know, can you get the job done, Mike? We're pretty small. Well, I didn't ask you if you think we're small. I ask you if you think we can get the job done. I think so. Well, you're going to have to do better than I think so. Is that clear? That's clear. Now I'm going to assume that by now you've learned that the world's not fair and sometimes you get the short end, that's all you get. And if you don't do something personally to fix it, then that's all you're ever going to get. Yes, Mike, do you want to play college ball? Do you want to get out of this town? I think so. Well, why aren't you doing something about it? My mind's not right. One of these days, you're going to have to get out of this house. You're going to have to leave her. Yes. you got to accept the fact that people have to take care of themselves, and that includes you. You understand that? Yes. Okay. The truth is, against some pretty overwhelming odds, if, if you do decide to accept that... Look at me, Mike. If you decide to accept that, you're going to seriously fly, son. It had been a while since I had seen it, and I didn't really remember that scene, yeah. I guess. So that, I thought that was a good one, kind of going back and, and seeing it again. Do you think this movie holds up over time? I do. I, I, I do as well. I mean, they made it, what, 16 years or... Fifteen years, probably when they were shooting and it, after based, it actually happened. Yeah, right. And that it's been that many years now since it's aired. You know, so that's yeah, thirty. That's true. But what I thought, there's a couple little things. Like I did see a couple Under Armour logos at one point. Yeah, but I, I'm fine with that. But then the part that it's sad is like his knee injury that was in 1988. Mm-hmm. Nowadays he'd come back, maybe not in the same season, but he would be able to come back just as strong as he was before. Whereas back then, there's just no way you can be the same player after yeah, that. It was a lot different. Yeah. Like even though he ended up playing at a junior college, he would have had ACL surgery today. And if he was really division one level, he would have been playing division one, division one. Look like he Lattimore might, or might have red shirted for a year and then been playing somewhere within another year. Yeah. I didn't, Look up too much about him in real life. Did he actually come back with that knee injury and get it re-injured, or was he just out? That I don't know. I just know, you know, what they right. put at the end that he played at a junior college. I'm not sure what actually. But the, you know, going back to that, and I f- I forgot about this. The locker room speech when he talks about look over at your friend Booby Miles because he would give anything to be out there. The real Booby Miles was playing a coach and standing next to uh, Derek Luke, the, player. the actor playing him. So that was. That was kind of cool, and I and I've seen something about Billy Bob talking about that, and just saying that that kind of, that made it even more real for him doing that speech. So that was a, a kind of cool little Easter egg in there, and the real booby kind of pops up every. I think there's like a shot of him in the stands or 
some other, there was a couple, was a couple of cameos others. from yeah. those original yeah. guys, exactly. which makes sense because it's shot in that town, and most of them are still there. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, and I, I do. I think it holds up because of the realism of the whole thing, too. I mean, you could easily go back to Texas, or in, I mean, a lot of different places, whether it's Alabama, Georgia, Florida, really, I think anywhere, and you're going to see communities like this. And the smaller the community and the more tradition there is there, the, the more you're going to have these kind of sort of external pressures from adults placed on the high school kids. Especially when you go to a place like that with those coaches. kind of athletes that are, they have. Yep. It's not like it's just a low-level, you know, it's, those are legit Division One athletes that a lot of them end up pro. Yep. Did your opinion of it change at all watching it again? Maybe for the better a little bit. I think so too. Uh, it was on my list already. I think I'd move it up a couple spots. It's, I think it's a good one. You sit there, you get lost in it, and then two hours go by, and you're like, wow, it's over already? I thought so, too. It, it really went by because I had watched it. It was on one of the premium channels a couple of weeks ago, and then I was like, oh, Friday Night Lights. I haven't seen this in forever, and it was right at the beginning. So I started watching it and watched it all the way through, and then so then – a couple of days ago when I sat down so I could actually take my notes and, and talk about stuff we can remember. I mean, there, there, I kind of wanted to forward through some of the Booby Miles stuff just because. You remembered it and you'd recently I watched it. it. Yeah, yeah, and it was t- you know tough and even some of the, the, the Billingsley dad stuff. But again, I wanted to watch that because I felt like even though it's, it's hard to watch, it's really good real type stuff that was in those scenes. What I also like at the very beginning of the movie, they just start with the music and it jumps right into a practice scene. Right. There's no opening credits or anything. It just goes right to it. You hit the ground running. Yep, exactly. Makes it easy to get caught up in. I thought so too. Uh, favorite characters. Did you have a favorite character? Uh, I like the quarterback, Mike Mitchell. Right. I Winchell. feel like he's almost an underrated heart and soul of the team because, man, he just got rocked the entire season. There wasn't oh, a man. single – Throw. I don't know if that was an actor or what. I like that last drive when he's just getting nailed, and the, and he's like, gets up. He'd been down, and he gets up, and he's woozy, and they're like, you all right, Mike? Like, yeah, my arm. After <laughs> <laughs> He just got speared to the ground three plays in a row. I know. I mean, that, that kid, undersized, and, and uh, you know, again, how much of it's played up, I don't know. I like the Winchell character, too, because I felt like it was – I like the Booby Miles character myself because there's there's always that star guy – Someplace. And there's probably different levels of Antonio Browns. How much they really <laughs> yeah. believe in themselves. But again, we, we talked about this in the top 10. I, I thought it was, even though Derek Luke was 30 years old playing a high school kid, and that's something that bugs my wife about anything that in, involves people who are supposed to be high school ages. You always. There's I no mean, way around at, it, look though. Look at 90210. Right. You know, I mean, that whole cast was in their 20s. And I think Luke Perry was 30 years old for that matter. But. Yeah, I mean, but what I I I I loved just the the raw emotion in that that scene where he comes out and he's he's still booby miles to all of his friends and he's cleaning his stuff out and he's kind of got the flipping attitude about stuff. And gives then he his goes plaque out. to the one guy. Yeah, gives his plaque and eh, that's going to be worth some money someday. And then because he knows his career is over and he and he goes out, how much football meant to him, and he just collapses and starts crying into his uncle's arms, you know, I just, uh, uh, so there was a lot, I, there was, there was a lot of range in that character. The range is a good way to put it. Cause I am, I wrote down early that I, I did not like the guy. 
Yeah. I was like, come on, you know your knee's busted. Why are you playing? You're hurting your team. You're hurting yourself. You're making it all about you. But the fact he never lost his attitude and he stayed positive and asked to go to state with the team and was nice in the locker room because he could have been a grump or whatever, a mope, but he wasn't. He still was up for the team and nice till he got to the car and lost it. So I was like, well... So he has good moments and bad humbled. moments. He can be on both sides of my list. Yeah, but again, you know, right at one of the scenes right before that, he's sitting on the porch and he's watching the, the trash man. the trash men come up and and again, his it's, future it's like maybe this is his yeah. ticket out, and that, and that football was a ticket for a lot of these guys. Well, least favorite character. I really didn't have, I think, any least favorite except for Chavez would be the only one, just because you don't know enough. It's yeah, you don't know enough. About him, I, I I don't understand how they make that movie because he was a pretty central part in the book, from what I understand. How they make that movie and give him no depth, no background, unless he really didn't have. He's going to Harvard. You could at least, yeah. I mean, you, you can talk about these guys getting out of there. How smart he was. Yeah, they're yeah. all trying to get out, and he's That's the one true. going to an Ivy League. So that part. Bugs me, I guess. They should have just gone a little bit more deep. But then you're looking at a two and a half hour movie. Yeah, that's true too. So any anything, any characters you didn't like before we get to things that bug you? Not. I mean, just little things like the and <laughs> the championship game, whatever player it was that kicked the helmet at the guy. That was <laughs> right. But he wasn't a character. Well, so. and that's I, when we get to things. The but the only thing that bugs me. Really, or the biggest thing that bugs me, I guess, other than the fact they didn't develop the Chavez character, is the scene where the two teams get together, and you kind of referred to it, where before the state championship game, and they're picking where they're going to play the game, and the officiating crew. I, I thought it was, and it really is unrealistic. Like a week before the state championship game, they're going to be deciding which venue they're going to play the game in. Because right, week. don't they play them in Texas Stadium? They do now, and I assume they've played them there for a long or time. Maybe it is the Astrodome back then, but yeah. it was one or the other. But that they're, they're not gonna just going right. to decide the week before the game. And they're not going to play it in a home school either way. Right. That part bugged me. I don't know how. Maybe it was true back then, but it seems silly that they would a week before decide where to play it and that it wouldn't be on a grand stage. And then, of course, why wouldn't like, they have more than one class of football? Right. So all the championships are probably they together. They typically play them, and that's – they they do that they do that here they do that in most states where in Indiana you play it down in Indianapolis in Michigan you play it in Detroit in the NFL stadiums in Texas they typically play them in Dallas at at the the dome so I, I mean I don't know I it definitely bugged me that that they yeah. would pretend that. It, the, Unless they were the they were using the, it as a vehicle to showcase some of the issues that they couldn't vocalize in. Premium. Yeah, and that and that's that that was I guess part of it because the race comes up too because you've got a predominantly black school in Dallas Carter, and even though you had a, a mix of of race with the uh, Odessa Permian team, I, it wasn't the so you had basically an all black coaching staff with with uh, Carter as well. And by the way, yeah. one of the guys in that scene, uh, a younger guy, I don't know if he was supposed to be on the staff or an athletic director. Or who he actually played David Justice in Moneyball. I don't know if you oh really picked that up yeah. Uh-uh. So I thought that was because I because they kind of zoomed in on him once where he's making some comments and they zoom in on him during the game like early in the game when Carter gets its first couple touchdowns and they're like oh this is going to be easy you know, all day kind of all, all day yeah, yeah that exactly, guy huh. exactly. Did so. you know that in the real story that Dallas Carter had to forfeit their entire season? 
Yeah, because something there, there they was, were faking grades. Yeah, exactly. So that kind of I'm glad they don't mention that in the movie because it kind of puts a damper on the whole thing. Yeah, wouldn't have really changed anything. It wouldn't anyway. have added anything. Yeah. So we usually talk about casting changes, any of that kind of stuff. I I, I really don't have any. I because again, I I felt like the the main adult in the movie was Billy Bob Thornton as Gary Gaines, and then you had a bunch of relatively inexperienced young actors. And, I, I, and that's what made I it succeed, like it though. Good. Yeah, exactly. Was that they weren't well-known. I don't think it would have done anything to change any of the casting. Because like, you could have put Paul Walker as one of, as the quarterback, maybe. Yeah, that's true. Or something like that from Varsity Blues. Or, yeah. But what would that add? Anything, you're looking at a star, and it's hard to get into the story as much, maybe. Yeah. Should it be remade? I think every movie that's about an underdog kind of ends up being this story, right? Yeah. So, yeah, sure, it could be remade. I don't know if this particular story. Like, you don't need to tell Friday Texas Night Lights football. again, but there's got to be another story out there that you could well, tell, even if it's right. a, kind of a rags to riches, whether it's Remember the Titans or, or like where whatever. we are locally. If you win, you can move up, you know, from single A to double A. So, you could do a story about that maybe as yeah. you're the underdog or something moving up through the ranks as a program. But no, I thought it was a unique story. The TV show also helps, though, because you did get yeah, more of it. Yeah, you, that's that's exactly right. And a lot of the characters were obviously based on what was going on in this, even though they weren't exactly the same. And maybe you could do a sequel to it. You couldn't remake it, but you could do a sequel because the next season they win the state championship. They won the championship. But I think this is. I think it's more interesting that it ends with a loss than a championship. Myself. Well. I haven't watched this since 2004, and the first thing that I remember, and when we talked about it, I go, oh, well, they lose at the end, right? Yeah. So, like, that's the the ending makes this whole movie to me, because that's the thing that sticks out. Otherwise, like, yeah, yeah, oh, and then here they come, they're going to win. They do all this great stuff. And that's, I, I like the music that they use. Like you said, one of the things that you liked about Rudy was you love the music in there. I thought it was a little over-dramatic, kind of schmaltzy, whereas this is is a, a lot more subtle, but they know kind of when to use it and when to play it up. It connects the whole thing. I, I thought the music was good in this. Makes you get lost in the scenes. It's just the right vibe that just zones you out and you're just watching. That's right. All right, anything else before we wrap it up? That's all I got. Okay, literal Bobby Hensley. Oh, wow. I don't know why you came. You were ready today. You, if you I, were ready If I today. said one negative thing, you, you were going to come ready. at me for something. No, you were you you were throwing the negative stuff out there. No, I like the movie, which is good. This is probably one of the top movies we've done so far that I've enjoyed. I think so too, and it's it's a different it's a different vibe, obviously, because of the the reality, the realism. Yeah, yeah, there's there's no there's no comedy in this compared. We've done a lot of stuff that even. Even Field of Dreams, even though it isn't a comedy, it has moments. comedic moments. And maybe there's a there's a chuckle or two in here, like what we were talking about with at, at the party with Ivy Christian and the look and the fact that he doesn't say anything. But yeah, there's you have to you have to look to find any comedy in this. So it was just a, a different feel, but it's a really good movie. And again, I've got it at number one on my all time football movies list. You had it at number seven. You said Number seven with a bullet, maybe moving up a little bit after watching it again. Yeah, I'd probably put it number five or number four. Okay. So our next movie is going to be, was it your number one? It was, if you want to do that one. I think we should. All right. I think it's it is. It, it's a, it's another one of the all-time best <laughs> football movies, Remember the Titans. 
Denzel Washington is the main character. You definitely have, well, I was about to say you have more recognizable actors in that, but other really other than Denzel, I think at the time in 2000 when it was shot, I, I think he was probably the most recognizable guy. Bigger oh, star than Billy Bob was before he did Friday Night Lights. You think? But, oh, yeah. Billy Bob did Bad Santa before this. <laughs> but really, other than that, you had a lot of guys who... Who've done some other stuff since then, but definitely weren't as big back then. Yeah, I don't know the timeline on who, but I know some of them got pretty big afterwards. We'll find out the timeline as we put in the work. That's right. (laughs) So we will be back next week with another edition of Two Guys Talking Sports Movies. Can't wait. I'm sure.